Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. This is your host, Christy Haberman. Today we are going to talk about the holidays. And I think there's a lot of things that people don't understand about grief and the holidays and what it's like to be a grieving person during the holidays. So one of the dirty little secrets about being a grieving person during the holidays, especially when you've lost a child, is that you don't get invited anymore to the holidays. Now, I know that there's going to be people that, that listen to this episode and be like, nah, that only happened That only happened to you. If I lost a child, that wouldn't happen to me. My family and my friends would not abandon me like that. And I hope for your sake that it's true. But that is not the case for me. And as I browse my Facebook and Instagram support groups, that's not the case for a lot of people. And so today I thought I would tell the story about how my first Thanksgiving went for the holidays. And I was really trying to put this story off because I didn't want to embarrass my family or any of the people involved in this story. However, my friends have really encouraged me to tell the story. And I cannot emphasize enough how talking about this and the feedback that I'm getting from the people that are listening to the podcast, how helpful it has been for my healing. So I'm on this journey to change the cultural views we have surrounding the loss of a child. I think that we all should be able to talk about it. I think that we should be able to talk about our experiences and not have to hide how we feel. And maybe if we didn't have to hide how we felt or how people treated us, people would start treating us differently. But because grieving mothers are shamed into silence, a lot of these things don't get talked about. And so I'm using this platform to talk about it. So let's talk about it. The year was 2011, and my son had died in June. And so maybe we should do a little bit of a backstory. My parents got divorced when I was 18 years old. And if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that my relationship with my mother has not been the best. And I spent a lot of holidays with my dad until he got married. So he got married in 1996. No, wait, he got married in 1993. I got married in 1994. So after I had a family of my own and a husband of my own, the holidays weren't such a big deal. But I can tell you that I had never spent 
a Thanksgiving with my dad and my stepmom. And I don't know why I expected it to be different this time. I don't know why. Uh, my mom lived in Wisconsin, and I was never invited to Thanksgiving. And honestly, my emotional state at the time when Christopher died, I couldn't handle being around my mom. I couldn't handle talking to her. I could not take care of her and me too. And so I had to take care of me. And I don't know why I thought it would be different, you know? That's the thing that just blows me away. So if you're one of those people that still hangs on to hope and hopes that the people that have let you down in life, that this time will be the time that they change their mind and, and they won't be the ones to let you down, I hope that your experiences were different than mine. All right, so my son Christopher died in June. June 19th of 2011, to be exact. And my whole world got destroyed. July, August, September, October are really kind of a blur. I don't, I don't remember much. I know that I spent a lot of time being sad. Um, I was isolating all things that I now know as normal. But I also know no one was coming around either. No one was checking on me, nothing. I also found out later, much later, like in the last few years when people started talking about it a lot more, that I realized that people are, that that was normal that we isolate and people abandoned us. And I shouldn't say normal because it's not right, but it's something that people experience regularly. So it must have been the Sunday before Thanksgiving or the Saturday before Thanksgiving. I am unclear. I know it was the weekend and I had gone to see my dad. And so I try to see my dad on a regular basis because Christopher had died. He was, at the time, say he's 70 now, so he'd have been in his 60s. You know, you're never guaranteed that time with your parents. So I always tried to make an effort to go see him. So I was at his house. My stepmom was there. My stepsister was there. Her two kids were there. And this happens a lot in our family. And especially back then when I was so quiet, my um, stepsister and my stepmom were talking to each other, but we're not included in the conversation. And we're sitting at this table and they start talking about Thanksgiving and how they were having so many people over for Thanksgiving. And I'm sorry if I get teary-eyed because I still get teary-eyed talking about this. They were gonna have so many people over for Thanksgiving that they didn't know where they were gonna put everybody. So my dad pulls out this tape measure and he's tape measuring the people and they're talking, we're gonna put this person here and this person here and we're gonna eat this and we're gonna eat that and we're gonna do this. And nobody is talking to me and my husband, no one. There was no invites of what are you doing, Christy? We know that this is your first Thanksgiving without Christopher. You know, there was no talk about, 
Are you going to be missing Christopher? You know, are you going to be spending Thanksgiving with your other, other living son? No conversation about that at all. Only about the amount of people that were going to be at their house. Sorry, I had to take a break and let the dog in. So where were we? Yes, they were all talking, sitting around the table, talking about this Thanksgiving dinner they were going to have while me and my husband sat there and listened. So in the middle of the conversation, I swear to God, nobody noticed. I swear. I told dad, so we got to go now. I just couldn't sit there and listen anymore. Like, and I still, and to this day, I still don't, I still don't understand like the cruelty of that moment where these people were at the funeral. They saw me bury my child and did they not see my suffering for the last three or four months? Did they not even, but they didn't, I'm telling you, did not even stop and consider what we might be going through. Not even a moment. So South Dakota is cold. And November is no, no exception. So we went and I sat out in the car. Well, we had to wait for the car to warm up because we left abruptly. And no, they did not notice that we left abruptly. They never noticed. And I sat in the car. And I said to Roger, I said, how come they didn't invite us? Like, how come we're not, how come we're not invited to Thanksgiving? When my husband says, he just looks at me and says, honestly, I don't know why you bother. He goes, I don't know why you bother with them people. And I told him, I said, I don't have a mother. For all intents and purposes, I didn't have a mother. I don't, at that time, even if she was still alive now, she would never be the person that I would reach out to for support. She would never be the one that would provide nurturing. And when you don't have anything, You hold on to what you do have. And maybe that was a mistake, you know, as I as I go through and record these podcasts and I really take a look at, for me, which was a real lack of family support during this time, I wonder if maybe he was right. Maybe he was right and I should not have any expectations and I shouldn't be investing nothing. And I cried all the way home. Because you see, it was Thanksgiving. My son is, is his now wife, but it was his girlfriend, and they were living together. And we switched holidays back and forth. You know, and maybe he bears some responsibility on this too like not thinking about his mom being alone for Thanksgiving, but he was going to his girlfriend's house. And we, we're not close to that side of the family. Like we see each other for birthdays and stuff, but um, at the time, you know, Colin hadn't really been integrated into their family. So why would they invite us? So we really and truly were going to be alone for Thanksgiving. 
and I tried to cancel the holiday. I said, I don't want to participate in Thanksgiving this year. I'm not up for it. We're going to be alone. All I'm going to think about is who's missing and everything that I was missing with Chris dying because I was just so broken. And my husband wouldn't let me. He said, nope, we're gonna have um we're gonna have Thanksgiving. He goes, We're not gonna give up our traditions, you know, because Christopher died. So it's like fine. So they were looking for volunteers to work. I had just started my counseling practice and private practice. So I needed a steady income to help me pay those bills. And so I was working at a convenience store. So I volunteered to work on Thanksgiving Day. So at least the people that had families could be with their families. Because I did not want to spend the day alone. I didn't. So I went to work. And if that would have been it, if that would have been it, I would have been fine. But that wasn't it. And to this day, I still don't know why I did it. But I have learned that you can't leave me alone on Thanksgiving. I have learned that. For some reason, for me, Thanksgiving is the, the holiday that bothers me the most. So my husband needed something. He was doing all of the cooking for that first Thanksgiving because I was not participating. I'm telling you, I was not. And he needed something from the store. So he goes in. And again, it's really cold in South Dakota. It's like, I'm going to stay in the car. Don't have the energy for people, and I don't have the energy for anything. So he goes into the store. I called my dad. And I was crying. And I said to my dad, how come you don't love me? My dad's like, what? I said, how come you don't love me? He goes, I do love you. And I said, well, if you loved me, why didn't you invite me to Thanksgiving? I was sitting there in your house while you guys were talking about Thanksgiving. Christopher died. Why didn't you invite me to Thanksgiving? And I never get to have a private conversation with my dad. Um, his wife insists that it's on speakerphone. And she knew what she did. She absolutely 100% knew what she did. And she said to me, she goes, well, we had somewhere, we thought you had somewhere to go. It's like, where? Where did you think I'd had somewhere to go? You think I got this imaginary family somewhere? Like, where did you think I was going to go? And they were like, we didn't mean it to be like that, Christy. We thought you had somewhere to go. And then Yvonne pipes up. And she says to me, so heartbreaking. She had a friend who lost her husband in August. And her, her friend was going to be alone for Thanksgiving. So she invited her to Thanksgiving. Instead of us, I feel like. She never came out and said instead of us, but it was kind of implied that there wasn't enough room at the um, Thanksgiving table because 
she had invited this other person. And so she had to cut some people out and we were the ones that she cut out. And my dad says to me, he goes, well, if you don't have anywhere to go, you can come. It's not, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we love you and want you to be around. No. Well, if you don't have anywhere to go, well, of course you can come over. But that was still not the point, was it? The point was, is that my son died. And I needed my family. And they weren't there. They were not there. And I said, I told my dad, I said, no. I said, I volunteered to work. I'm going to work. And my dad says, well, what time do you get off work? And I said, I get off work at 5. And he goes, well, we'll have some leftovers. You can come over for leftovers. And I said, I'll let you know. And I got off the phone. And my husband's just like, why do you bother? <laughs> why do you bother? And again, when you have no one, when you have no parents, even if they have really bad parents, you hang on to what you have. And I think this is the hardest thing. Like you see kids that are abused that go into the foster care system and all they want to do is go back to their parents, even if their parents are bad to them. And I understand that. Because in my mind, he was all I had. He still is all I had. And I wish, I wish I could say that it's been different since Christopher died, but it hasn't been. So that was our first Thanksgiving after Christopher died. So every year, I just start dreading it. Because every year, I know I'll be alone for at least one of those holidays. Because Colin switches off with his family. So he's either with us for Thanksgiving or he's with us for Christmas, not both. So there will always be one holiday that I am alone. And so the problem with being alone is that there's nothing to distract you from thinking about what you're missing. And I'm not saying that because Christopher lived in Louisiana and that's a lot of hours away. And I'm not saying that he would have been there for every Thanksgiving and Christmas. But we most certainly would have had different options. And this is when the woulda, coulda, shouldas come in because there's a lot of Christmases that Christopher spent alone because I didn't think I had the money to pay for a ticket to go to Louisiana. And now, now I wish that I would ran up all my credit cards to go to Louisiana to be with him for Christmas. 
and Thanksgiving. But I know that last year he was in college and busy with finals, so he didn't go anywhere. He just cooked for himself. So the holidays suck. Very much. And I thought I was the only one. For a long time, I thought I was the only one. So got to remember, back in 2011, there wasn't, I mean, Instagram, I don't even think was even really getting going. And people weren't really, there weren't really any podcasts. There weren't um, people talking about their grief. You know, the support group that I was in, you know, they didn't, the people weren't really being real. And this is real talk we're talking about here, real talk. And that, I think, only started happening maybe in the last five years. But I cannot tell you how relieved I was when I was reading in one of the support groups because it's on Facebook, so there are posts, you know, and people write. And people will write things that they won't say, which is kind of helpful too, because I think that if we had to say these things and see each other face to face, we wouldn't we wouldn't say it because of the shame that's involved in it. And so these people would be talking about how they saw their friends that would always come and see them every year. That's what I remember most. Their best friends, when they came to town, they'd always come and see them. And they're walking down the street and there's their best friends. And I felt so relieved. I was like, it's not just me. It's not because there was something bad or awful about me. And it's still hard not to think that. It's still hard not to think that. So about four years ago, I think it was, four years ago. Again, alone for Thanksgiving. And it's going to be hard talking to my dad this year about this. <laughs> Still alone for Thanksgiving. My dad sends pictures out. Now, keep in mind, this man lives six blocks from me. Has never invited me over for Thanksgiving except for that day that I called him and said, don't you love me? And begged him to invite me over. That's how I feel. I didn't beg and I'll say, please, please, please. But I feel like that reaching out was begging. Still, I've never been invited. But still, still. And my husband likes to go Black Friday shopping. So, you, get, you know, that's kind of a few years ago. When they still did Black Friday shopping on Thanksgiving. And my dad sends out a picture of him and his stepmom saying that they were so grateful to be alone for Thanksgiving. Now I'm sitting in my house. I have no family. My son's at the in-laws. My husband's not home. Like I am completely alone on Thanksgiving. Completely alone. And I couldn't help myself. I said a snarky comment back. I don't even know what I said. And he came over to my house and said, what is the problem? And I asked him again, 
why do you not love me? Like, why do you not want me around? And then he says back to me, well, don't you think I feel bad when you leave me out? Well, I was like, yeah. Because my son and um, my stepmother don't get along. So I didn't invite him because it was so conflicted. So after that year, I decided that everybody needed to grow up. And if I wanted people to be at Thanksgiving, I'd have it at my house. So they do. They show up at my house. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know why I expect different. So I'm recording this on November 13th. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a week and a half away. I'm going to be, I'll be, I'm lucky this year because my other son will be at my house, so I won't be alone. And then every year there's the pressure of what to do about my dad. And my husband again with, uh, why do you bother? <laughs> it's not like they're there for, the, there for you. But just because somebody's bad to you, I don't feel like you should be bad back to them. Like, this isn't a tit-for-tat thing. And honestly, these days I make all of my decisions based off of living my life with no regrets. Because I had a lot when Christopher died. I had so, so many of them. And as much as I can, as often as I can, I try to live my life with no regrets. Because if this was the year that I didn't invite him and he died, I'd have a lot of regrets, just like I did when Christopher died. And I think for me, that's the hardest thing for having my son die. That has been the most difficult thing to heal from is the regret and the guilt I have over not being good enough. You know, in this, this whole holiday, that's been a theme. And this podcast isn't really about that, but I will just tell you that a theme throughout my life has been that I have been excluded from the holidays and the Christmas. So why I expected it to be different when Christopher died, I have no idea. It's like if we, and we call it magical thinking in the counseling field, it's called magical thinking. The idea that somehow something's going to be different this time. Just by sheer willpower, it'll be different this time. And then you're so disappointed. But I remember when my mom died. Now, like, it wasn't really... I had mourned that relationship years and years and years ago. But the absence of hope that went away when she died. 
that we would somehow make amends with each other before she died, um, went away. But keep in mind, it was her choice. She died wanting it to be the way that it was. So there's that. And so I've come a long ways towards accepting that the holidays are just going to be what they are. They're going to be sad. But I do think we have to talk about that. And I do think we have to share our stories. Because I think this is what the piece that people don't understand about grief. They don't understand being isolated. They don't understand that people, even the people that care about you, abandon you because they can't deal with how sad you are. And we can't change how sad we are. If there was a magic pill that I could take, uh, some magical remedy, like I'm looking at a woman running along the beach. Like if I thought that that would heal me, I'd be on the beach every. I'd move and I'd be on the beach, but that's just what we call the geographic here. I'm still going to be sad because there go I. Every time. So I've learned to live with it, but I'm not going to suffer in silence. I'm going to talk about it. And if you would like to talk about it, I'm here and I'm listening. And I think if we tell more of these stories, if people start understanding how their behavior affects other people, then maybe they would change and act differently. Because my, I, 100% my stepmom absolutely cannot deal with emotions at all. Those of you that follow astrology, she's a Scorpio. She just can't deal with emotions at all. She can't deal with her own. She's not going to deal with mine. You know? She feels put out by the fact that my dad has children from another um, person. So we don't matter. You know, only her children matter. But she sure cares when she doesn't get Mother's Day cards for us. But that's a whole different story. I don't have a mother, never had a mother. Don't know what that's like. At least the emotional aspects of having a mother. So that's my Thanksgiving story. And I don't know how. So how do I cope? I don't. In all honesty, I don't. I try to interact as much as I can. You know, I've gotten a lot better about hiding my grief. So I hide. That's honestly the answer. And then I go in my room, either my office, and I just lose myself in the TV. Try not to think about who's not calling. Try not to think about his daughter that's 11 now 
and how you won't ever be able to spend Thanksgiving or Christmas with them. You just watch from afar. Same thing with my siblings. I'm not invited anymore. I'm not invited, never was. I had hoped that when my mom died that that tradition would go away, but they don't feel like I'm worth the effort, I guess. So they'd rather be with my mom's boyfriend, stepfather, whatever, than be with their sister. So that tradition continues. And I'd really hope that it would die when she died, but it didn't. So for me, Thanksgiving is about the absence of everything. Of a lifetime, not just Christopher, but it's a lifetime of what's been absent. You know, the absence of an, and I shouldn't say the Rockefeller family. I would just like a normal family. Even if we all got together and got drunk and got into political fights like you hear people talk about, even that would be better than what I have, which is nothing. Which is absolutely nothing. So this year, I will enjoy the fact that my youngest son is going to be here. And I'll enjoy his company. And then after he goes home, I'll go be sad for a while. And I have learned. I have learned that it's important to allow myself to be sad. And it's important that I allow myself to talk about these things. Because if this podcast has done anything for me, it has allowed me a forum to talk about these things. And I get feedback from people that say that's helping them. And I, I really appreciate hearing that. Because I feel like we have to be real about this. No more hiding. No more hiding our grief. It's time to be real. And I made a vow when I started this podcast that I would not talk to experts about grief because we have this expert and we have that expert. And you know what? That doesn't help me. What helped me helps me and I hope it helps you is knowing that I'm not alone. That I'm not the only one going through this and that, you know, God didn't single me out to punish me for some unimagined harm. That happened to me so that I could suffer. Because honestly, I don't worry about going to hell anymore. Because I'm already here. When I die, it'll be the absence of this. And to me, that's preferable. Because every time around the sun, every holiday we'd come across... This happens again and again and again. But enough of the depressing talk. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Christy Haberman. Sorry I had to get off in the middle of my recording. Um, Kai the Wonder Dog decided that she wanted to be in here at the last moment. I'm sure you heard her clanking and having her little feet on the ground. If you would and like my podcast, please leave me a review on where you listen to your podcasts. I'm on Anchor. I am on Spotify. I am on Apple Podcasts. And I am on Google Podcasts. 
Um, one of my goals this summer is to add more locations where my podcast is on. Uh, thank you for listening. I also have a book out on Amazon called The Solitary Journey Through the Loss of a Child. If you would like to reach out and talk to me, even if you don't do it over the podcast, about your uh, experiences with uh, the holidays and your holiday stories, um, send me a DM or a message on Facebook. Just keep in mind, I do work a full-time job. I do, and I do work some nights. And so if it takes me, you know, a day or two to get back to you, it's just because my schedule is prohibiting me from answering in a way that I would like to. Especially now that I'm getting older, the print on my phone is a lot harder to see. And so thank you for listening. And I'm signing off and you have a great week.